to. So what do you think? A podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jay and with me here is B. Hi. So this week uh, we have a case that has been in the media this week and it's a case that I have followed since the very, very beginning, which was not that long ago. A very, very good podcast came out about it only a couple of months after it happened. So it's really, really intriguing what has happened. And um, I don't know if you've heard about the coronial inquest this week for the disappearance of Theo Hayes. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Maybe. Okay. Well, like I said, this is a story that I've been following pretty much from the start. Mm-hmm. The podcast I listened to was called The Lighthouse. And if this episode piques your interest, go and listen to The Lighthouse. It's like a long form podcast. And it was a deep dive that actually started off in real time. So it started a few months after he went missing and just went from there. So very, very interesting case. Mm-hmm. As of November this year, a coronial inquest was underway. So there, there is hope that we get some answers soon. And, you know, this is why I thought we'd better talk about this case this week because things are happening and, you know, I think we need to get the original information and then we can just sort of give updates as they happen. Mm-hmm. So you've not heard of Theo. You've probably heard it in the news and then just sort of not really put it together. So let's get into it. Theo Hayes was an 18-year-old Belgian back- backpacker who was last seen in Byron Bay on the 31st of May 2019. So this is only two and a half years old, this case. Mm. He had been in Australia on a working visa since late 2018, ah, pre-COVID times where you could do things like backpack around the world. How nice. What's a backpacker? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, when I was up north in um, Broome earlier this year, I saw some French ones and I feel like they're just like hiding and they're not going back mm. home. <laughs> like what's a backpacker? What's oh. freedom? Oh, yeah. What's travelling? I don't know. What's what's this passport thing? What is breathing fresh air? (laughs) (laughs) So lucky Theo was having, you know, a really great working holiday. He, by all accounts, had been having a really good time and he was actually due to return home to Belgium one week after he disappeared. So I guess this week was like his final hurrah. He'd been splitting his time between his uncle in Victoria and his cousins in Queensland. And now he was finishing it off in Byron Bay. Now, the events of that night are obviously so important, but unfortunately we don't have much to go on except for his phone data records. What we do know is that on the night of May 31st, he went along with another Belgian backpacker named Antoine to a bar called Cheeky Monkey. It's not sure if he had known Antoine long or if they just like met through staying at the same backpackers as travellers do. But either way, they went to Cheeky Monkeys together. So apparently Theo was not a big drinker or a drug taker, but for whatever reason on this night, he is kicked out of the bar for being drunk. Now, I've seen this. We do have CCTV footage of him leaving, and he just doesn't, he's not staggering or anything like that. Some people have sort of said that it was a case of mistaken identity and somebody had gone into a place where they shouldn't have done and then the bouncers just thought it was him. All of his friends said he, he wasn't drunk. He'd only had a couple of drinks there. So mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the bouncer kicked him out. And, you know, this happens. You know what bouncers are like. Sometimes they will just kick you out if they don't like the look of you. Bouncers? Hmm. Where do I begin on bouncers? Literally just little man syndrome. Yeah. 
or takes too many roids or bullied in school. Hmm. (laughs) And they do just boot you out and they never let him like tell the people he was with or anything. And that happened to me when I was like, I think maybe 18 Mm. and I was at a nightclub and there were stairs in the nightclub and I, I wasn't super, super drunk or anything, but I kind of tripped down the stairs a little bit and the bouncer saw me and just grabbed me and took me and didn't let me tell anyone that I was getting kicked down onto the streets like an 18-year-old girl. And it was only lucky that someone I knew saw me getting dragged out and told my boyfriend at the time who then went and came and followed me out. But I could have been, what if I was blind drunk? So what, you're going to throw a blind drunk 18-year-old girl out into the streets to look after herself? Like, yeah, so don't get me started on that bullshit. Yeah, literally the first thing that popped into my head when you said that he got kicked out but he wasn't drunk was like, I wonder how things would have turned out if that had not happened. Exactly. Well, things would have been very different, wouldn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, we see this CCTV footage. Theo's not, he's not staggering or anything. He looks pretty steady and he's walking with purpose while looking at his phone once he leaves Cheeky Monkeys. After this footage, he's not seen again. And when he fails to return to the Wake Up Backpackers Hostel the next day, people start to think, okay, where has he gone? Three days later, he's still not back. Um, So the hostel called the police who call his family in Belgium and let them know that he has not been seen in three days. All of his personal belongings, including his passport, were left in his room. And pretty quickly, it was ascertained that this was not usual behaviour for Theo and a large search effort was put together. They had a team of trackers and cadaver dogs on the ground and used helicopters and drones in the air. His parents, Laurent and Vincienne, also flew over to help with the search as well. While this is going on, they decide that they need to have a look at his phone data. And I believe that it might actually be a family member that does this. They, like, get hold of his accounts and get in there to see what his phone was doing that night. Mm. And they get quite a bit of data. And this is basically what this entire case is formed on is the data that you get. So Mm. this is what it shows. He leaves Cheeky Monkeys at 11 p.m. And from here, he walks for about a minute, then he stops and enters the address for his wake-up hostel into Google Maps. So it looks as though he wants to go home. He's checking where exactly his hostel is from where he is. However, he then walks in the opposite direction of the hostel. He walks that way for just under five minutes. Then he stops near some bushland next to the Byron Youth Activity Centre and his data shows that he was near the cricket nets and a concrete slab at this time. He stops here for seven minutes. From here, he seems to walk quicker, heading through some suburban streets and out towards the beach. Throughout this time, he keeps checking his Google Maps and checking where his hostel is. So it seems as though he's sort of going somewhere, but he wants to know where his hostel is in relation to where he is at all times. He clearly isn't heading to his hostel, but he wants to know where am I compared to it. Mm. So he leaves the residential zone and heads into the National Park, which is an extremely dense bushland that leads to the ocean and also leads down to the headland and lighthouse on top of it. Now, I'm going to put pictures of this headland up on our um, Facebook page because I think it's worth knowing just how dense and high and rugged this area is. From the point where he enters the National Park, there's a track called the Milne Track, which is the track down to the popular Tallow Beach. And it takes you straight there. This is where anyone who wants to go to Tallow Beach follows this track. Theo does not take this track, though. And instead, he takes a small bush track 
And on this track, the data shows that he's now moving at a jogging pace. So it would have been pitch black, dense, dense bush on a track that is in an area that he doesn't know and he's running on it. So that all seems a little bit strange. At one point, he stops and checks the hostel location again, but then he sets off into the bush even further and away again from the direction of the hostel. So what do you think about his movements so far? Weird. Yes. Weird. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's he doing? Where's he going? What are you doing? At night. Yeah. Pitch black as well. Mm. It's just weird that he wants to, he keeps referring back to where his hostel is. Mm. That's weird. I, th- I try and think to myself, why would I be doing that? And the uh, one of the reasons I can think is that if I'm going somewhere that I think I might have to make a swift retreat from, like I want to know what direction I'm running in, or maybe I want to make sure that I'm not getting too far away from the hostel. You know, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to do. Mm. Interesting that he was like jogging through the bush as well. Like I want to know, was he following someone or was he running away from someone? Was he trying to keep up with someone maybe? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That, that element of it is a bit strange. Is the place known to have people there at night? Yes, so we will get into that in a moment. Okay. So, you know, this this information tells me that he wasn't settling in for a cosy evening down the beach and he was concerned about if he had to leave, how he would get home. I think that if you're going down to the beach for, you know, to chill out down on the beach, you're not worrying necessarily about that stuff. You just think, oh, yeah, when I'm done, I'll go home. Mm. So at 11.48, Theo gets to Tallow Beach via the small bush track that comes out right near a campsite. And again, he checks Google Maps for his hostel. From here, he walks down to Tallow Beach and up to a cove called Cozy Corner, which is right next to the headland and the lighthouse. Right before midnight, Theo does something a little bit strange and starts to walk up the cliff, which goes up to the lighthouse. Now, this is not an easy task as apparently it's extremely thick bush full of lantana and thorns, and it's really, really steep and rocky. Like it's something you wouldn't even do during the day, let alone at night. At one point, he stops for about five minutes before then heading back down again. So it's almost like he tried to go up, realised it was too much work, and then sat there for a little bit and then head back down again. Hmm. After this, Google stops tracking Theo's location because it appears that he's actually turned off his geolocation at this time. So People have said that he perhaps put his phone in airplane mode so that he could like save battery maybe. Um, maybe the battery was running low and he just wanted to make sure that he was going to have enough juice to get back to the hostel. So at this time, we don't get his exact location anymore. We do still have some information on what he was doing for about another hour though. Now, we don't know exactly where he was, as I said, but he, we were getting information from just cell tower pings. So we know what general area he was in. And it looks like he stayed in Cozy Corner for the next hour. So at 12.20, he sends a friend a message about the band U2 using Messenger. So just a general message. At 12.23, he watches a couple of minutes of a YouTube video. At 12.55, he sends a WhatsApp message to his stepsister who lives in Belgium It appears to have been a response to a message she had sent earlier and all he says is mercy and gives it like a kiss emoji. So he's like replying to her. So it looks as though he's pretty chilled out at this time. He's like replying to his messages, chilling out, watching a video, that sort of thing. After this, though, there is nothing, no more activity. 
Now, like I said, we don't have the exact location of where he was in this time, but we do know that he was in this Cape Byron area with the last signal being received at 1.42 p.m. later that day. So after this, the phone is either turned off or loses power. So what happened between 1 a.m. and 1.42 p.m.? Well, we don't know. It doesn't look like it moves. It, like, moves around, and it does look like it's, like, moving through the bush tracks of the area, but we don't have him using the phone for anything in that time. Mm. Theo was never heard from or seen again. So what do you think, based on his movements that we know that night? I have no idea. So like- he's... Yeah, so he's just he's hanging out down the beach. Like it was like he was in a rush to get there and he's being all weird about his location. And then he just hangs out and watches some YouTube videos. Yeah. And walks around in one area. Yeah. It is so, so weird. And then puts his phone in airplane mode and it just kind of moves around the area and then dies. Obviously, the battery goes flat or someone turns it off that next afternoon the other thing too is if you're turning off your airplane mode to save battery i, d- I feel like you wouldn't be watching youtube videos because no, that's going to use a lot of wouldn't. he's turning his battery yeah turning off his gps for another reason yeah yeah so let's have a look at theories the police from a very early from very early on speculated that Theo had tried to climb the headland to the lighthouse and had fallen into the water and that seemed to be the theory that they still like actually to this day. Family says though that he was a naturally quite cautious guy and going up a cliff with de- in dense bush with zero visibility just was not something that he would do. People have fallen into the ocean doing this, though, and there have been people who during the day have tried to climb up to the lighthouse, got into trouble and fallen off into the ocean. It just seems to be one of those things that people just think that they can do a lot more than they actually can. But that these things happen during the day usually, not at night time. Mm. I think for this, for this to be a possibility for Theo, then we have a case of him not being able to go back the way that he came for some reason. Uh, like if you're there and you know that you got there a certain way and you're going to try a stupid, crazy, dangerous way of getting back, that means that you don't want to go back the other way. There's something stopping you from doing that. I don't know. That just sort of mm, was warning bells for me. I just he wasn't drunk, didn't take drugs, so they say. Yeah, we don't know. Yep. See, this to me is drug behaviour. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird behaviour, yeah. Yeah, let's go trek in the bush. Yeah, and it's like he tried, he started and then went, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you know, can't do this, better go back right, down. Stop and listen to some you too. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. And, you know, some people have said that, like, maybe just, he was hiding, like he was running away from someone and hiding in the bush. Stopping and watching a fucking YouTube video. Yeah, not very good hiding. It does not make sense at all. Messaging his friend about you too. Yeah. Lucy was like saying, I love you too, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, My partner makes that joke a lot (laughs) when I say I love you too. What, the band? Shut up, okay? (laughs) Enough. (laughs) Laugh the first time, I'm not going to laugh again. (laughs) Yep. 
I feel like I feel like there's drugs involved. Gone for a trek. I don't think he's alone. Mm. Maybe yep. that's why he walked one way, stopped, and then walked back. Because mm-hmm. he's in that in the meantime bumped into someone, someone who was hiding up on the cliff. No, I mean when he was like, no, when he first left. Oh, when he like, yeah, I think that he probably met someone at the cricket nets. And in, yeah, yeah, he met yeah. someone somewhere along the way. Yeah, I just don't feel like this is normal behavior for someone no. on their own. I agree. I agree. Not. No, and not just someone on their own, someone on their own and sober. Yeah, true. Yep. Well, yeah, and, I mean, the, like I said, the police do think that he did just try and climb the headland and fell into the water. Yeah, sort of so easy. Yeah, and, you know, it would have been suicide. And as far as we know, he was not suicidal. He also yeah. wasn't stupid either. Also his phone. So, okay, it, stopped ping, it stops pinging at 1.02 a.m., but then it starts up again at like 6.17 and receives data well until well after 1 o'clock. So if he'd gone in the water, his phone would have gone in the water as well. So it would have been wet. It wouldn't have kept on receiving data, I think. Mm. Also experts say that looking at tidal data, et cetera, there is no way that his body wouldn't have washed up. That being said, judging by the pings, it does look like he went up then down, as we know. Mm. Um, you know, and when the phone does ping again the next day at six o'clock in the morning, it actually pings on the other sa- side of the headland. So it's almost like it's gone around the bottom or over the top and ended up on the other side. I think this is why the police like this theory too. So it's almost like he tried to or even climb around the bottom of the headland to get to the other side. But what would be the point of that? If you're trying to get away, you'd want to get up to where the lighthouse is because that's where the road is, right? So that just doesn't really make sense either. But you do have to ask, like, if his phone really was on the other side, how did it get there? I don't know. I feel like Theo likely would not have had the movements that he had that night had he not been with another person, like you said. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he walks with purpose from the bar to the cricket nets, um, and the cricket nets were in a dodgy part of town, where he waits and then inexplicably heads off fast, fast away from that area away from his hostel and down towards the beach. So I feel like it's like he's following someone. About the running through the bush, many people have suggested that he was being chased or that he was otherwise in a hurry for some reason. In fact, the only bit of physical evidence found in the subsequent search was his favourite hat that he'd been wearing that night. He was on that bush track that he'd been running on. Now, I know young guys and their their favourite hats. Like the, the guys that I always hung around when I was younger always were hat guys. And, you know, they love their hats. And it, I think that their hats. don't touch their hats. I think that if it fell off, he would have grabbed, stopped and grabbed it if he could have. Yeah, if he was So why did he feel like that wasn't an option? Was he being chased or was he following someone who was moving really fast and he didn't want to get separated because he was out in the middle of bloody nowhere and he didn't want to get lost in the bush? Some locals have come forward and said that they can't understand why anyone would even be on that track in the pitch black and that you would have to know the area really, really well, which we know that he didn't. Mm. So I feel like he was likely with someone at least at that point in the night, someone who knew the area well and knew that track. Mm. 
It does look like he was potentially going to those cricket nets to meet someone and then followed them to me. So I don't know. What do you think about that? No, bro. Yeah, I've got some stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I'll meet you at the cricket nets. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. And I know that we say that, you know, Theo didn't take drugs and that sort of thing, but there's always things that happen that people don't know. We're a backpacker on holiday in Byron Bay. And it's your last week in the country, yeah. So let's look at Byron Bay for a minute. I've never been there. But I've been reading a lot of comments from locals and people who know the area well. Hmm. It seems as though it really is a town with two sides. I personally know Byron Bay as being a place where the natural living, new-aged people live, like your real earthy, hippy-dippy types, and Hmm. a bit like what we've got here in Dunsborough. I feel like Dunsborough is a bit like that. But unlike Dunsborough, Byron Bay attracts some super, super wealth and some celebrities, such as Chris Hemsworth, who lives there. However, it seems that there is another side in Byron, and that is like the seedy underbelly, if you will. There is apparently a large homeless contingency there, especially in that bush that is near the beach. Like you were saying before, does it, is anyone in that bush? Yes, lots of homeless people, hmm. uh, lots of meth heads as well. On the Lighthouse podcast, I think that the people that the hosts that did the podcast, they actually went and spoke to one guy who was like set up in a permanent bush camp there. They have their little tent cities. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. There's also a lot of, like I said, drug activity and some super, super rough areas, including that recreation centre where the cricket nets were. Mm-hmm. There's a big meth problem and it is covered up quite a bit by the sounds of it because of the tourism that goes there. Mm-hmm. Chris also- Hemsworth lives. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> Zac Efron now as well? I, I read something. Yeah. Oh, Zachy boy, getting on the pips, getting on the gear. <laughs> It sounds like one of those places that it's really good if you've got a lot of money, but if you don't, it's a bit shit. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, it's also quite a young party teenager sort of area as well with like r- lots of regular bonfire parties down on Tallow Beach, especially for the backpackers. Yeah. You can't see me, but yeah. Shaka bra. <laughs> Shaka. So realistically, Theo could have met up with any one of those people that night. He could have met up with a crack dealer. He could have met up with a hippie. He could have met up with with Chris Hemsworth or Zac Efron. We've just solved it. It was Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) Thor. Zac Efron. Just did a Ted Bundy movie, so yeah, you know, into a character. Maybe he was trying to get into character. <clears throat> you never know. Love you, Zach. <laughs> Just kidding, babe. Now, like we were saying, people that knew him said that he wasn't into drugs, but you know, I always take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, know. backpacker, Belgian backpacker goes missing, no trace. Oh, he didn't like to drink, and he he never did drugs. Yeah. I mean, who that knows a guy that's gone missing is going to go, oh, yeah, he was on the gear, gear all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, no one's going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, of course, the family aren't going to know what he's been up to as no. well. And the thing is, if so, yeah, you know, back home he might not have done all those things that you know of. <laughs> but we're on our own, we're travelling, we're finding ourselves. Mm. It's a whole different Yep. Ball game, like if hey, you, look, you and I have both done Kentucky tours. Yeah, someone else when you're overseas. 
Exactly. A different person. Yeah. God, I wish I was her again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe he was buying drugs or maybe he had met someone earlier in the night who told him about a beach party and said, you know, I'll be down by the cricket nets if you want me to take you down there. You know, yeah. uh, who knows? Who knows what which one of them was? And Maybe he was going to buy drugs and the person that he bought drugs off said that there's a beach party. Do you want me to take you down there? You know, like there's, yeah. there's many possibilities it could be. One amazing thing that the podcast did was get people to check their social media and see if there actually was a party down there that night or yeah. what, what the locals call a beach doof. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Not bush doof, beach doof. Or beach doof, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, amazingly, there was. So people, by looking into their social media, went, oh, yeah, there actually was a bonfire down there that night. So this meant that people could go through their photos and social media and actually see if they could see Theo in any of the pictures. Yeah. Unfortunately, he did not come up in any of the pictures, but that doesn't yeah. mean that he wasn't there. Um, backpackers were well known to attend these parties. They were almost yeah. all the backpackers in a way. 100%, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, after the initial running situation, there was nothing to suggest panic to me. He sent a fair few cheerful messages, sat and watched his YouTube. So I'm inclined to think that he wasn't fearful once he got to the beach. So was the running earlier less about being chased and more about running to keep up with someone who was clearly amped up on something and knew the way really, really well? Um, and, of course, once he got there, we just don't know what happened to him. So that seems more likely to me. Yeah. Right. He's been kicked out of the pub. He wants to kick on for the night. Someone says there's a beach doof, you know, I'll take you down there. And he's followed someone down there. Mm. Some people have speculated that when he went up the cliff and sat for those five minutes, like I said before, he was hiding. Apparently this is really thick, thorny vegetation. So if you sat in it, you wouldn't be able to be seen. Mm -hmm. um, but then other people say that you wouldn't sit in it unless you had no other choice because it's so awful to sit in. So yeah. was he hiding from someone? You know, why would he do that? I, I tend to think that, like, he did try and climb up the headland and then went, screw this. Yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. I've got to sit down because I've got thorns everywhere and think mm -hmm. about what I'm going to do now. You know, it seemed like that was more what was going on to me. Um, if he was hiding, why not stay there longer than five minutes as well? Like it was, I guess it was a freezing night apparently. So did he get cold and decide to move on? I'm not sure. Or was he found? Did somebody find him in his hiding spot? But that being said, he did stay in that area for at least an hour after coming back down though. And we know this due to the phone pings and the fact that he sent people messages. So maybe he just came back down and joined the party and things just went on from there. I mean, anything could have happened, right? Imagine he's sitting near the fire, he's chilling out, goes up to go have a pee in the bush, something happens from there, you mm -hmm. know, or the person you may have been hiding from finds him if that was the case. It's really all just speculation from here on in. So what are yeah. your thoughts? I feel like if someone was looking for him and they did find him, there was probably enough people around seeing as there was a beach party for mm. someone to have seen something or heard something. I agree, yeah. We haven't touched on one we haven't touched on. Maybe it's just starting a new life. Oh, yeah, well, that old chestnut. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't touched on that one. That's always a common one. How did I maybe miss it? Maybe he was just starting a new life. Maybe he's living with Chris Hemsworth, you know. In his maybe, maybe they adopted him. Mm, mm, yep. 
Maybe he's Zach from Zach from Zach from. Maybe he's Zach F from Lover. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? No judgment. So many possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. What we know from his movements. What do you? What? What's the narrative that's forming in your imagination? Drugs. Okay. You you definitely think drugs are involved. Yeah. Yep. I gone to a beach to had some uppers, did a bit of a sprint just because, you know, we are feeling uppity. Then we are feeling all love, so then we messaged some people. Then we were feeling all got to watch something on YouTube. Have you seen this trippy video? <laughs> um, then we did something stupid. Maybe we went for a swim. Apparently it was a freezing night that night, so that has been spent. Yeah, when you're on drugs, though. Yeah, true, true. And depending on what type of drugs, if you're on ecstasy, chances are you're overheating. Mm, true. Maybe he did try climb up in his state and did fall in. Maybe it literally is as simple as that. Yep. Maybe the cops are right. Um, the only thing that steers me away from that, though, is the whole mobile phone thing. Like if he went in the water, his phone would have gone in the water and it wouldn't have walked around by itself afterwards. So let's say someone has hurt Theo. Do we have evidence of this? Well, no. no. <laughs> There's no, no hard evidence anyway. There was one account by a woman who saw something strange two days after Theo disappeared. And I'm not entirely sure why it gets so widely linked to this case because it seems very obscure to me. She was driving just out of Coffs Harbour, which is like 230 kilometres south of Byron Bay, when she was waved down that night by a man in his 30s, so two days after Theo disappeared, as she drove along the Pacific Highway. And it was about 4.30am. She slowed down and saw another man laying on the side of the road completely unconscious. She stops and goes to reverse to, to help them but gets a gut feeling of danger and ends up driving off. She does call triple zero though and apparently police attended but couldn't find anyone. When she saw footage of Theo on the news days later, she felt that the unconscious guy looked like he was wearing the same clothes that Theo had been wearing that night that he disappeared. I don't put too much stock in this. I mean, that just sounds like either some guy and his drunk friend or it was one of those dealios where they get you to stop and they steal your car or abduct you or something. Those things happen. So I don't know why people connect it so much. It seems very obscure. And also why would they wave down for help? Yeah, well, the guy looked like he was unconscious on the road, so I'm not sure. When the cops got there, though, they were gone, so I don't know. It just was so far away as well from Byron Bay. I don't know. I, just, to me, it's a big Yeah, but if we're thinking that there's foul play, why would someone be like, oh, help, this guy's unconscious? Like, yeah, exactly. The impression is that they knew each other. Yeah. Two guys on the side of the road, one of them unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could just be a carjacking thing because that actually literally happened to my cousin. He was yeah. driving along the road and saw a woman broken down and she was she waved him down for help. So we stopped, you know, woman on her own at night, got yeah. out of the car to go help her, and some guys jumped out and beat the shit out of him. So, you know, these things yeah. do happen. So earlier this year there was an interesting development in this case. In July there was some skeletal remains found at a makeshift camp near Tallow Beach. They ended up being those of 42-year-old Thea Liddell, who was a homeless woman who was last seen in October 2019, so five months after Theo. Now, as far as what this has to do with Theo, last year an anonymous tip was received by someone who says that they overheard a conversation in a Byron Bay pub in which two women were asking a man about Theo. 
Now, it sounds as though this guy was doing the whole talking himself up because, you know, what turns a woman on more than a guy confessing to murder? Um, And in return, the women were basically interrogating him. The guy eventually says that Theo was killed and his body was hidden in the Byron bushland. There was also mention that Theo's belongings had been dumped at a known squatter's house in Nimbin, which is a a town well known for its drug culture, which is about 65 kilometres away from Byron. The investigators went on to find this house. They actually found it and they searched it. They didn't find Theo's belongings, but instead they found Thea Liddell's. So how all of this fits together, I'm not sure, but it's interesting nonetheless. I I can't connect those dots. It seems very coincidental. He knew about Thea, but thought that it was Theo. Yeah, maybe. So he was just like talking the talk like, oh, oh, yeah, Theo, I know about him and I know this, when in fact it was actually Thea. I don't know. I feel like these people, these guys that do the bragging at the pubs, I mean, is that what you'd do if you really had killed someone? No, no, no you don't. I, I That's don't. what I mean. He's just yeah. playing the game, acting as if he knows stuff when in reality he knows very little and he's got the fucking names wrong. In what brain, in what sort of male brain do they think that they're going to impress women by saying that they've killed someone? Because like, they feel like women like bad boys. They like women might you know, like bad men boys. that have been in prison. But I'm sure they're not yeah, going to think about all those weird women that are like pen pals with murderers and end up marrying them while they're still in jail. Yeah, but you know what they say about those people is that they they marry those people because they're safe because they're never getting out of jail. So they never have to engage with them on a proper level, you know. Yeah, but they still got some weird fetish. Oh, yeah, it is a fetish thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. I'm just saying that men that are stupid enough know about those sorts of women and think, oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that's everything. Hearing all of that, what do you think happened to Theo? I I don't know. (laughs) Sorry, I don't. I don't. There's just nothing that jumps out. Mm. And where's his body? Where's his phone? Where's his clothes? Where's anything? Like, how is there nothing? Mm. Yeah. How did no one see nothing? How did no one hear nothing? It's either something to do with drugs and it's gone very wrong and he's been hidden really well or he did fall in the water. Mm. Yeah, I think that there's the off chance that he did go in the water. Mm. Um, we, We don't know if he was on drugs. This is all speculation, but someone on drugs would potentially do something silly. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that there's like a slim chance that that could have happened. However, my the theory that I think is more likely, look, I think that he definitely went to the beach with someone. I think that he got kicked out of Cheeky Monkey. He was not ready for his night to end. He met up with some dude at the cricket nets and he followed him down to the beach. That's that's I think that that is very, very likely, right? I think that he wasn't hiding or anything like that. I think he was just sort of hanging around. Like I think he was walking up and down the beach, checking it out, Didn't really, wasn't really feeling the beach doof, so he went up to Cozy Corner. Then he kind of just for whatever reason decided that he was going to try and go up the cliff, R- worked out pretty quickly, quickly that that was a stupid idea and came back down again. 
Hmm. And then so he decided to go back to the beach, beach dorf and, and hang around there for a little while. And from there, whatever happened, happened. Obviously, something happened. Obviously, you know, there were bad dudes from what we've read. There were meth heads everywhere around there. Um, so I, I think we can assume that whatever happened, it wasn't great. I do think that if he was murdered, he was taken away from the area because I think yeah. that all the cadaver dogs and everything that and the sheer amount of volunteers that checked that area, they would have come across something. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, we say he may have lost his hat while he was on that bush track running down to the beach. Or maybe he actually left the area and he was on that bush track and somebody grabbed him and his hat fell off then. Yeah. It's not to say that it fell off on his way down. What gets me, though, is the fact that the phone is basically moved into aeroplane mode from 1 till 6 a.m. and then taken out again without with the phone eventually dying that afternoon. So someone's actually physically taken it out of aeroplane mode. Yeah. At first I figured someone just found the phone, but people have gone so deep on this online they've actually looked into the exact type of phone he had and you know what features it had and apparently it was a fingerprint activated phone so you actually would have needed his hand to to work it yeah Um, so I wonder if you actually need the fingerprint to just take it out of airplane though because I've got an iPhone and you don't need the passcode just to do that you just kind of can do that without accessing the phone so Apparently his phone was an Oppo, which I don't really know much about. Yeah. And there are heaps of discussions about this on different Reddit pages and web sleuth pages and stuff if any, anyone wants to go deeper into that. So, yeah, the fact that somebody puts it back out of airplane mode is weird to me. Mm. Why do that? Mm. So the coroner's inquest has just begun. Um, and at the time that we're recording this, there have been... Not too much come out of it. I have to say there was nothing today. Um, but if we hear anything, though, we will make an addendum, you know, out of it or we will share that information on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. far, all that's been revealed is that Theo's phone had something called a handshake with another Wi-Fi source around 1 p.m. just before the phone died. So from what I can gather, a handshake is when your phone taps into somebody's Wi-Fi. Mm. And people are saying in the coronial inquest, they're saying, well, this means that he was with someone. That shows that his phone was near somebody else's phone or router or whatever. Mm-hmm. What it really says, though, is that a Wi-Fi signal somehow, you know, somehow sometimes Wi-Fi signals come in and out of areas. So mm. I don't know how much is in that. I would have to see how they're placing that in the grand scheme of things. Is it a handshake like just it's picked up someone else's Wi-Fi or it's joined someone else's Wi-Fi or like you've paired it or something? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what a handshake means. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It could have just walked close enough to a house that it picked it up or something. Yeah. I mean, if we take this to mean that he was with someone at that time, we have to believe that he stayed in the area all that time to 1 p.m. that day. And if he did that, did he do it of his own volition? Was he being held, you know, or did someone take his phone off him and try to use it and turned it in off airplane, you know, or maybe he was being held and he got it back and he tried to run. There are so many different possibilities that could have happened. And I think all we can say is something bad happened to him after yeah. he went back to Tallow Beach. Yeah. I just don't know what that was. But I think the fact that he was surrounded by quite a few dodgy characters says a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. And I hope this inquest can 
bring something to this case because it, it is something that is quite fresh. And I know his his poor family, they're just absolutely devastated. They're over here for the inquest at the moment and it's just been really harrowing for them. So I do hope that something can be decided and I hope that they don't just fob it off to him being fallen off a cliff or whatever. Although that could be possible, I just hope that they look quite deeply. I don't know. Like I feel like that with the evidence or lack thereof, I feel that that's the the most plausible outcome. Yeah. Like that's the outcome they're going to come up with. But I feel like there's something more to it. Yeah. I wish there was a body. I think that people when, you know, back in the backpacking days, um, you know, I think that when you're travelling you do have a tendency to trust people a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, you have that sense that everything will be okay because I'm travelling and maybe he just came across the wrong person. Maybe it had nothing to do with him taking drugs at all and had everything to do with the fact that he just came across the wrong person who yeah. was a dodgy person themselves. So mm. Mm. I guess we'll just never know that. But you're right. It was like a real sliding doors moment when he got kicked out of Cheeky Monkey. Mm. I wonder if that bouncer ever wonders, you know, mm. what could have been. Mm. Yeah, it's very, very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So we will stay on top of this case and hopefully when the coronial finding comes out, if it's something huge and explosive, we'll probably do an update episode. If Mm. it's something uneventful, we will just share that information. But we'd like to know what everyone else thinks about this case. Uh, I know it hasn't really been in the media too much up until this point, but I guess it's, it's so fresh and it's so new and it would be really, really good to solve it. So let's keep our fingers crossed on that one. So, so yeah, come and see us on Facebook and Instagram and let us know what you think about what happened to Theo. And, yeah, we will be back again next week for another episode. So thank you, everyone, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.